Cousins, Murray the tailback. Diggs right, kneeling in motion. Murray up the middle, into the end zone, touchdown! Latavius Murray! And Minnesota leads 6-0. All right, a touchdown from Latavius Murray brings us in to the latest episode of the Wobcast. And I'm your host, Mike Wobshall, coming to you from TCO Studios in Egan, co-host and producer Chris Corso is also here. What's up, dude? How fitting that that just leads us into such a such a great show as we get ready to close the uh, the preseason out. Like Latavius Murray, it's it's a big deal that we have him. <laughs> I mean, he led us in rushing last year and he's going to be a factor on offense even with Delvin Cook coming back. He had a long reception in the in the Seahawks preseason game that looked really good like Latavius Murray, man. I'm glad he's a Viking. I agree. I mean, a lot of people forget about Latavius. Everyone's so excited to see Dalvin Cook come yeah. back and man, to have two backs like that and then the way are the rest of our running backs have been playing. We're going to talk about one later. Yep. Um, man, I this is a rushing this is a running offense. I I mean yeah, I mean we have, we have the passing, we have the new quarterback, the shiny new quarterback, and and everything like that. But watch out for the run game. Yeah, man, we got we got a running uh, we got a running game that can help us win some games. That's for sure. Um, what's also for sure is that we have a jam packed episode of the Wobcast for you today. So on this episode, we're going to talk about the Vikings' most recent preseason game that was against the Seattle Seahawks, and we're going to talk about the Vikings' offense and how we feel about it going into the 2018 season. We'll hear from offensive coordinator John D. Filippo on that topic as well. We'll get into some other NFL news and notes, some numbers of note from the preseason for the Vikings, and of course, we'll answer some fan mail, which we always love to do. But first, let's talk about this Vikings offense, Chrissy. I thought, you know, doing the game uh, from the TV booth with voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen and analyst Pete Bursich, and just helping them do stats and spot and and do the broadcast, you know, I, I came away at halftime, just just with the offense, I felt really good about how the offense looked. Absolutely, yeah. And you know, I thought they were able to move the ball. And I know we didn't. You know, we only scored one touchdown. We missed two field goals. That's not the offense's problem that we missed two field goals. So when it came to moving the ball and executing, you know, I really felt good. I think there was only one penalty for five yards against the first team offense. They were seven of ten on third downs. And um, there was some explosive passing plays in there. So, like, I felt pretty good. But then I'm opening up, like, Twitter and my email inbox and talking to people after the game, you know, and I'm getting a lot of people concerned. So um, I I think what happened was the missed field goals and the fact that we just scored one touchdown uh, and had to settle for field goals and then missed those field goals, I think that put a sour taste in people's mouths. But if you go back and look at just the offense and the execution and moving the ball, I felt pretty good about how they looked. Yeah. So, um, you know, so I think there was a little bit of a, di- of a dichotomy there between how maybe we actually looked and how it went and, and what the public perception was coming out of that third preseason game. And that matters because what happens in the third preseason game is what everyone kind of thinks is, is, is the case because you have two weeks until your first regular season game because those starters don't play in the fourth preseason game. So let's settle the score. Let's ask the designer of the Vikings offense how he felt about how the offense looked against the Seahawks in the third preseason game the other night. Here's John Filippo. Uh, hey, it's good to see everybody. Um, you know, I was pleased to see us start faster, obviously, uh, the other night. Um, you know, I was really pleased with the first offense. You know, four drives, three, plays, three drives over 12 plays, you know, 90-yard drive. 
I thought we were much better on third down. You know, we just got to finish those drives. We just, you know, you don't want to put it in your hands of your kicker. Whether he makes those or not, you just, you just want to finish those drives. So we got to do a better job of finishing, which we will. And uh, we're looking forward to our last game and coming out against San Francisco. What do you think were the issues in not getting, you know, getting those finished? Um, you know, we got into a couple third and long situations. I would have loved to have seen Kirk go right now the inside fade to Diggsy. Um, you know, right now, but he was, you know, sitting on the key. We had a mental error on the play, unfortunately, on the outside. Uh, that kind of threw off the timing of the play a little bit, but we'll get better. Have you ever had a quarterback keep a list of plays that he wish he had back on the sideline? Um, on the sideline? No, I have not. So, uh, you know, it's good to hear that, obviously, he cares as much as he does. And, you know, it's not it, – things like that happen in the preseason because, like, you're not in full game plan mode, okay? So, you know – the, you don't explain to the quarterbacks a lot of times the purpose of the play and why we're running it and, and the exact looks because you're not in game plan mode. We weren't in full game plan mode against, you know, against Seattle the other night. I mean, we spent a little bit more time than we did in the first two games. But, you know, when you get into the regular season, there's a purpose and, and a teaching point behind why you're running on every single play you have on your call sheet. So I think those things have a tendency to get cleaned up as, as you go along here later on the season. Like about what you've seen out of Kyle Slaughter in the preseason, especially his knack to lead comebacks two or three games. He's done a good job. I'll tell you, he's improved greatly since we first got here, or since I first got here. He was he's been here, obviously. Um, you know, I just think you see a guy that that you know up until now hadn't had a lot of experience playing the quarterback position. So um, it's, we're very happy. Kevin Stefanski's done a great job with him, and uh, you know it's really nice to see him come in and, and you know give us a spark and and complete footballs and. Um, you know, run around and make plays and extend plays. And I think that's a big part of his game. And uh, we were, we, he did a really nice job the other night. Are you pleased with the way that Mike Boone, you know, sort of took advantage of his opportunity uh, with a couple running backs out as he tries to get that third job? Absolutely. Mike's done a great job since we've been here. And, and you know, we had a lot of, a lot of guys down this spring. People forget we were down a couple running backs this spring. And, and Mike and Latavius handled the, you know, the majority of the load during OTAs. And obviously, you know, a lot of the load here, obviously, during training camp as well in the preseason. So I think, you know, Mike's, Mike grew, grew up pretty quick because he had all that experience and all those extra reps and OTAs. And, you know, he's taking advantage of those. Do you think his background as a wide receiver, you know, helps him in your offense where, he, you know, he, he'd be relied upon to catch the ball out of the backfield? Yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, he has really, really good hands. And, you know, our big thing on our offense is, is the more you can do. And, you know, we like moving guys around to do, to do certain things. And the more jobs you can do, I think the more valuable you are, not to only our, our offense, but to any offense in the NFL. And, uh, you know, because obviously there's not a lot of guys on the team each week in terms of numbers. So the more jobs you can do, the more valuable you become. What have you learned in the last 24 hours about Brett Jones and what role do you think he can play? You know, I watched Brett a little bit on tape. Uh, you know, I didn't know much about him until this trade happened. Uh, so I went back and watched, you know, some of the Giants tape. And, you know, he's obviously a guy that started a lot of football games and played well. So, you know, we're just looking forward to him coming in and, and you know, acclimating himself as quickly as possible and, uh, you know, just beefing up that uh, depth on the offensive line. So if Flip's cool with it, I'm cool with it, right? That's, that's right. I'm just looking at some numbers here. The offense was 7 for 10 on third downs. Okay, I 70%. like it. Um, six Vikings caught passes in okay. this first half where Cousins was the quarterback. Okay. Stefan Diggs, four catches for 51 yards. Adam Thielen, four catches for 26 yards. Laquan Treadwell, three, ca- three catches for 44 yards. So uh, 
These are all pretty good signs. Yeah, I dig I, it. Yeah, you got you got to like these numbers here. Yeah, I do. I thought CJ Ham had a couple big receptions in that game. What a and, little juke! Move. Yeah, man, he can juke. He can truck people, picking up tough first downs, helping us get away from our own end zone when we were backed up. And um, John D. Filippo likes him some CJ Ham too. He Listen does. to this. Get out of CJ Ham and kind of the flexibility that fullback position gives, and overside in overloading that I think it was the right side early in the first quarter. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, you know, that, that CJ Ham is one of the most diligent football players I've ever coached. Okay, um, not only is he smart, athletic, bright, he takes a lot of pride in his job, and there's a reason why he's performing well. I mean, if I just kind of try to surprise him each day in the script with putting him somewhere else and see if I can catch him without him preparing, and, and I never do. He always comes up and asks me, hey, how do you want this? How do you want this? So um, he is a guy that, to me, when I talked about earlier, the more you can do, uh, he can do a lot of things and a lot of things well, and not only obviously playing fullback, but from a team standpoint on our special team. So he's a guy that we're continuing to, you know, watch and grow and, and you know, have a role in this offense. I've, I've been very, very very impressed with CJ. All right, so we hope we've calmed everyone down with the Vikings offense. Now, it it's not perfection. Uh, there's still some work to be done, some improvements to be made. We want to get Pat Elfline back. We want to get Delvin Cook up and running. He only, I think he had three snaps the other night against Seattle, but um, we think we think the Vikings offense is in pretty good shape, and they're going to tweak some things, maybe add some players once um, cut down days happen. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But generally speaking, I'm pleased with how the offense looks and with how it projects to uh, to be able to perform, um, given what we what we saw in the preseason. So, given uh, the topic of what we saw in the preseason, let's go through some other takeaways, Chrissy, from that Seattle uh, preseason game. We already talked about. Dalvin Cook returning, Latavius Murray shining in the running game, but uh, anything else you want to go over from that preseason game? Yeah, I think John Filippo touched on it, how much better um, we were on third down, 7 for 10 as we as we said there. Um, first team offense moves the ball but only produces 6 points, that, that goes to the field goals as well. Um, it is what it is, we're moving on at this point. Um, I really like what Kirk Cousins did, 182 passing yards, 17 of 28. Um, wasn't sacked. That's a big deal that he wasn't sacked. Yep. Um, I thought the offensive line looked pretty pretty good in that game. Yeah, the protection was good. Um, there was a couple of free runners on blitzes that you got to fix those issues. But generally speaking, I thought the protection was good. Now the running game was not really able to gain traction. But part of that, I think, is because of what Seattle was doing schematically and what Seattle was doing just putting numbers in the box. They had a lot of seven-man boxes, and they even had eight- and nine-man boxes, which makes it very difficult to run the ball. So I don't come away from the game you know, concerned about the running game. It's looked really good all summer in, in training camp against the Vikings defense and in preseason games. So yeah. I'm, I'm good with the running game, and I thought the pass protection actually looked pretty good against Seattle. And you get Mike Remmers back. You get Rashad Hill back, two big contributors on the offensive line. Good to see them yep. um, play as well. Cornelius Edison playing in the middle there. I thought he did pretty well at, uh, as the center there yep. um, with the first group. So, um, yeah, I think – all signs are pointing to uh, the offensive line getting healthier, as we know. Um, Mike Zimmer did address this week 
the health of Pat Elfline. He expects him to not start the season on the PUP, is what he said. That'd be good. Um, he does. He didn't say if uh, Elfline would practice this week. He said he doesn't think that Elfline would. Um, but that's good news. Yeah. I mean, whoever we can get back, could get back. But, um, yeah, I'm, I was very impressed with the first offense. And what about the first-team defense? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're playing great. A lot of continuity there. Um, with you know, basically every starter is returning, with the exception of Tom Johnson, who is with the Seattle Seahawks, coincidentally, and uh, you've replaced him with Sheldon Richardson, who is from the Seattle Seahawks most recently. That's right. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think the defense is tuned up and ready to go, and I don't expect any of those guys to play on Thursday night against the Titans. And uh, presuming they get through a healthy week of practice, we're going to get to the starting line of the 2018 season with a healthy um, and good-looking defense, and that's going to be the identity of our our team um, in 2018. So that's good. Um, speaking of that Vikings offensive line, though, let's get into some news and notes, and we'll start it with a trade that the Vikings made, Chris, with the New York Giants for Brett Jones. So a couple of your thoughts on Brett Jones as you had to put together his bio for the website and put up the news release that we traded for this guy. What were some of your thoughts? Yeah, I thought I was sitting there on a Sunday and I get a, get a little note that, that we made a trade. That, that was cool and hopped on the computer. And yeah, Brett Jones, man, he's, a, he, he's played 30 games for the New York Giants, 13 starts last season, 14 overall in two seasons. He has some history in the Canadian Football League. That's right. In 2014, he was named the most outstanding offensive lineman in the CFL, the entire league, for the Calgary Stampeders. So um, came to the New York Giants, filled in, provided depth in the middle of their offensive line, can play some guard as well as center. I think it's a great depth move. Yep. And, uh, I mean, we need as many uh, interior offensive linemen as possible. Every team does. Um, with the injuries that occur at that position. So I think it's a great deal. Um, we trade an undisclosed draft pick, so we don't know exactly where that falls. But yep. um, I wouldn't assume it's it's a very high-up draft pick or anything no, like that. I'm, I'm sure it's a late-round pick. Yep. yep. Yeah. So, so uh, a good yeah. move for the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, they had a versatile guy in there. Um, wouldn't surprise me to see... Um, you know, some more tweaking going on um, with the offensive line, whether it's guys changing positions, coaches experimenting with different combinations, adding another player, um, whether it's a trade or another team's uh, cut downs, you know, you, you pick a player. I mean, that, that happens a lot. Every team does that. So, um, you know, that, that cut down day is a certain day, but the rosters are always changing, even days after the cut down day. So I'm sure the Vikings um, are, are far from finished um, when it comes to settling positions, including the offensive line. Speaking of cut down day, that's fast approaching. That's going to be Saturday. 90 players down to 53 plus another 10, 8, 9, or 10 that you put on your practice practice squad. Yeah, so uh, that'll be a busy day uh, on Saturday. The Vikings play a preseason game on Thursday. Friday is a player's day off. Saturday is a cut-down day, also a player's day off. And then you got that final roster, which is not technically the final roster because you still make changes, but you get your initial 53-man roster set for practice on Sunday as you get ready for your first regular season game one week from that day. So um, we're going to exit the preseason here in a couple of days, Chris, but I know you've got some numbers of note from the Vikings 2018 preseason, so run us through some of those. Yeah, some cool numbers of note this week. And uh, George Iloka, the new uh, safety on the team, it was cool to see him play 33 total snaps for the Vikings in Friday night's game. Um, 25 were played on defense and 8 were played on special teams. He kind of played as a hybrid type player in the defense yeah. uh, in the defensive secondary, so that was cool to see. I know he has the ability to do a ton of things, whether it's 
coverage or uh, tackling ability or just the ability to be a center fielder out there. Yeah. Uh, man, I, th- I think he's a he's a big body. Seeing him walking yeah. around the facility, and I think he's going to do good things. Yeah, he's a good tool for Zimmer to have in his tool shed when it comes to the defense. A guy I think you can use in sub packages. A guy you can use down on the goal line, and maybe a guy who can be used on special teams. So, a uh, really solid addition for the Vikings defense in George Iloka. The next one is number ten. The Vikings have racked up ten sacks. In three preseason games, uh, it's, you see it all over the team here, whether it's Anthony Harris, who has two sacks, Fadio Denebo, who has two sacks as well. Five other players also have a sack. Deshaun Bauer, Eric Wilson, Daniil Hunter, David Parry, and Jonathan Wynn all have one sack. Mm-hmm. And Ben Gideon and Steven Weatherly shared a sack as well. And I think that's going to be a theme for the, the sack production um, this season, Chris, is it's going to be spread out. I, I I don't know that one guy is going to, or one or two guys are going to get way up there and no one else is going to get up there. I think yep. it's, it's going to be spread out among a lot of guys. That's sort of the style of play that our defense has had with George Edwards and Mike Zimmer. I think that will continue in 2018. we got a lot of depth on that defensive line too, so I think we'll be rotating guys uh, throughout the game and throughout the season. A lot of depth there, and I think Zim will use it to keep the starters fresh for later in the season. Well, we love hearing Zim say that it's a team sack. Every sack that's, that's up there is a team sack and whether it's Daniel Hunter or Everson Griffin he kind of sometimes it's Daniel Hunter who causes the sack that Everson Griffin goes and makes the tackle so um, the next one is nine number nine okay what do you got for nine Vikings wide receiver Chad Beebe leads the Vikings with nine catches in preseason play he has 95 receiving yards and two touchdowns my man Chad Beebe who's been a guest on the Wobcast he by has. the way he stopped by oh, right. it was like one of his first weeks here mm-hmm. yeah we had him on the Wobcast no big deal <laughs> had a good uh, had a good summer and a good preseason so I hope my man keeps going I like that guy a lot yeah we'll mention him later in, in the podcast Ooh, a, little okay. te- a little teaser I right like there. that Chris Okay, <laughs> and the last number of note it is zero. Oh yeah, what's that? Number zero, the Vikings defense, which ranked number one in NFL yards allowed and points allowed in 2017, is the only defensive unit in the NFL to not surrender a single point zero in the first quarters of the 2018 preseason. So Sweet. every first quarter, zero points against the Vikings' first defense. Um, if you're sick of really good defensive stats, then you want to stop following the Vikings. Yeah. Because they're coming, baby. And they're going to keep coming. All right. <laughs> Some league notes. What do you got? All right. A couple of league notes around the NFL. We touch on this one just about every week. It's getting closer and closer, but Des Bryant, still no team. My man who likes to throw up the X is throwing up the X for no one right now. Des Bryant not on a team. I mean, my man's got to get a job sometime. I hope it's in the AFC because he's a good player. Yeah, speaking of that, there's a wide receiver in Jacksonville, Marquise Lee. Yeah, he's out. Out for the season. Yeah, that was tough to see, man. I like Marquise Lee. Um, Saw him up close and personal when the Jags came here to practice. Ugly, ugly injury for him. Godspeed. Hope he recovers quickly and thoroughly, and we'll see him next season. Maybe the Jags want Des Bryant. That's an AFC team. He can go there. I'm fine with that. We'll see him in the Super Bowl, maybe. It's it's crazy. But uh, next is another injury, and it is in our division, the NFC North. Bears outside linebacker Leonard Leonard Floyd has a broken hand, uh, Adam Schefter reports. He will be ready for week one against the Green Bay Packers when the Chicago Bears face them. So that's an in-division injury. 
keep an eye on that one because Leonard Floyd is a force to be reckoned with. Good. I'm cheering for the Bears in that game. How about you? Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. Yeah, I'm cheering for the Bears in that game, and then whoever the Bears play in Week 2, I'm cheering for that team. There you go. Because we, we don't want them to start 2-0. <laughs> All Next right. one, OBJ signs a big, big contract. Yeah, he's paying for dinner. Yeah, there was a big press conference today at the New York Giants facility as their wide receiver, Odell Beckham Jr., signs a contract extension to stay with the Giants and Pat Shermer for a long period of time. We're not going to get into any contract details here in the Wobcast. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, and reportedly it is the highest of all NFL wide receivers of all time. Okay, good for him. And, um, you know, one of the better players in the NFL, super fun guy to watch play. Got hurt last year, which was, you know, no fun. And, uh, It'll be it's a it's a better league, a better product when OBJ's on the field. He's gonna be on the field for the Giants for a long time and he will be paid handsomely for doing so. Next one, a familiar face, Adrian Peterson, who signed with the Washington Redskins, had his preseason debut. Yeah. Got a lot of carries. Yeah, he did. Um, I watched a couple of them. I did not go back and watch the film, Chris, of all of his carries, but I was watching the Redskins preseason game on television in my office. It was just on in the background, and I saw him carrying the ball. You know what jersey number he's wearing? What number? 26. Wow. Kind of weird. That is weird. I, I wouldn't be able to, like, I don't know. That doesn't belong. It's weird, man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and Adrian was happy. He was posting on Twitter and Instagram after the game saying, good to be back. Felt good to be out there. So he's a guy I'm never counting out until he retires. Yeah, you Not can counting count that guy out. out. No. He's, he's, he won't stop until he's forced to stop. I That's think. right. <laughs> All right. So uh, on Thursday, Chris, we're going to play the Tennessee Titans to wrap up the 2018 preseason. The game's going to be in Nashville. And um, I know we're not game planning or scheming, but tell us a little bit about the Titans. What are we going to see on Thursday night? Well, we've been there a decent amount. Um, we did play there week one last year. You remember Daniil Hunter had a big-time safety um, on Marcus Mariota in that game. Um, expect a majority of the starters to rest up on Thursday, whether it's the Viking starters as well as the uh, Titans starters. Marcus Mariota probably won't play in this game, but mm-hmm. he's completed 11 of 18 passes for 185 yards and two touchdowns. Also has an interception in preseason play so far. Probably won't see him, as I said, but um, just to make note of, of how he's playing as of late. And the Vikings are 2-1 and one in preseason play so far, beating Denver, Denver and Seattle, but falling to Jacksonville. So this is week four. Man, I can't wait for this preseason stuff to be over. That's yeah, you're getting, <laughs> you're getting preseason fatigue right now? I, uh, I hate preseason. I, I mean, I love seeing three weeks of it. And I think by week four, it's just like, I'm ready to go. Okay, all right. Well, we, we got one more game to go. And look, look, John D. Filippo said it earlier in the week. We didn't share it with you out here on the Wobcast, but go back and watch his press conference, which Chrissy posted to Vikings.com earlier in the week. He's like, John D. Filippo's like, this is a big game for a lot of guys, whether they're trying to put 100%. tape up there to impress us here or put tape out there to impress other teams. This is a big game for the guys who are playing. So, um, so. Uh, Chris Corso is done with the preseason, <laughs> but there's a lot of these players that they got one more game to go. hundred percent. Right? Right. So you're on board with that. No, right. I agree with that. And, right. and a lot of these guys have worked so hard in the time that they've been here. And yeah. this is the last uh, step for them. And, um, Man, I'm really excited to see what the 53-man roster looks like. That's, yeah, man, it's going to be fun. Yeah. Speaking of the 53-man roster. Yeah, what do you got? I have a question for you, Wavi. Okay. We want to know, the fans want to know, who is an under-the-radar type player who maybe fans wouldn't know about and they'd say, when this guy makes the team, they'd be like, wow, I haven't heard much about him. Hmm. How about David Perry? Wow. 
I'm not saying he is going to make it, but if he does make it, a name Vikings fans aren't really that familiar with because he just joined us a few months ago. Tell us about him. Well, he's um, he's a defensive tackle. I think you would say he's playing behind Linval. He would be one of the backups to Linval Joseph. I think Jaleel Johnson could maybe step in if Linval wasn't there, whether yeah. you're giving him a breather or he had to miss some time. You could, you could look to Jaleel Johnson or you could look to David Perry if David Perry makes the team. Um, he's... Not a tall guy like Linval, uh, but he's he's thick and well built like Linval, and he's he's really I think I think a coach or a scout would use the term anchor to kind of describe him. He can anchor in there and and it's a good be stout against the run. I was thinking um, stout. Too. Yeah, he's he's hard to move. I think. Yeah, and he's got experience starting for two seasons for the Colts before he came here. So I think David Perry's like a, a guy who's got a shot to make the team. And Vikings fans don't know much about him. Maybe he'll play Thursday night. So he wears jersey number sixty. So if you're gonna watch the game Thursday night. Night. Let's look and see if jersey number 60 is out there playing. If he's not out there playing, that probably means he, means he made the team. Yeah. Absolutely. So if he's not out there playing, then you really got to get to know him. So if you don't see number 60. Yeah, then you're behind. <laughs> yeah. But if, if he is out there playing, watch him. I think he's a pretty good player and he might make the team. Cool. Um, last note on the Titans game, a couple Tennessee natives, Harrison Smith from Knoxville, long snapper Kevin McDermott from Nashville, Stephen Weatherly and Jonathan Wynn played co- collegiately at Vanderbilt, which mm-hmm. is also located there. Yep. A former Titan we have on the roster as Kendall well. Kendall Wright. Yeah. Ke- Kendall Wright spoke the other day. We had him on the Wobcast last week as well. Um, played a lot of seasons there in Tennessee and had some good ones, including in a thousand yard season. So um, he returns back to, to his old stomping grounds. I mean, he had 18 cool. touchdowns in five seasons. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good now. Yeah, He was, I mean, he, he was a wide receiver one there for a while. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. It's cool that we get, that we get him back. All right. What do you got for fan mail? All right. We're on to the fan mail and we got three questions for you. And the first one is about our man, Chad Beebe. Mm-hmm. Hello, Mike. What are your thoughts on Chad Beebe? Has he looked good in practice as he has in the in the preseason games? Yes. Does he have a legitimate shot at making the 53-man roster? I really like what he brings to the table. All right. Who sent that in? That was, that's my bad there, that's from David. David, uh, your man Chad Beebe has looked good all spring and summer. So he wears jersey number 84, he can play on special teams, and he can play wide receiver. And, um, you know, he's obviously flashed in these preseason games, but that's not all he's done. He's also looked good in practice. So, yeah, I think he's got a chance to make the team. I'm not here to predict or to tell Zim and Rick who they should put on the roster. So that's not what we're going to do. But if they choose Chad Beebe, I think they've made a good choice. I think that guy can help us. Yeah, he's a guy who's quick, man. He's yeah. not tall, but he is quick. Yeah, he is quick. And I think he loves the game. I mean, we had him in here on the Wobcast. So, um, you know, you could tell he was a smart guy. He loves the game. And um, he's not about, um, you know, being splashy and all that. He's a hard worker, smart guy. And uh, I hope he makes it. Yeah. You know, he'd be good to have him around the building. I agree. Second question from Frank Conway. Hey, Mike, the coverage on special teams hasn't been very good in the preseason game so far. I think the special teams coverage is more of a concern than the field goal kicking or offensive line today. Okay. Do you think it is because the Vikings are are adjusting to the new league rules? Thanks, Frank Conway. I'm hesitant to pin it on the adjusting to new rules because other teams have to adjust to that too. You know, Prefer talked about this earlier in the week when he met with reporters here at TCO Performance Center, and he he expressed um, you know some concern with some of the coverage units. I think part of it is you got young guys 
out there who are covering who might not make the team, but they're out there playing. Yep. You know, and I think the other part of it is the guys just have to execute better. So, um, yeah, you know, both Zim and Prefer have expressed concern, so I'm not afraid to, t- to talk about it. You know, I mean, I think it's an area that the Vikings want to get better, and I expect it will be buttoned up on Thursday night against the Titans. Yeah, Mike Prefer definitely it had his his attention at his press conference yep. this week so and he's about as good of a special teams coach as you get yeah so. there is and if if it's got prefer's attention it's going to get fixed Absolutely. i mean that, that's how i look at it so number 3 and this one's from twitter at matt p um, asking you and pa do you see the vikings adding another old lineman at cutdowns hmm. good I, question I, I mean you can do it you know a number of different ways. I mean, two, two. I guess two primary ways you could do it. You can trade for one, or you can pick up a guy that another team cuts. And this happens. This happens. Every team does this, and it happens to multiple positions. So I guess I would, I would say, yeah, there's a good chance that that's going to happen. Yeah. But I mean, that's all just based on history. I don't have any specific names in mind. Um, you know, we'll have to look and see who other teams cut or who other teams might want to trade. We just made a trade this week, yep. so it's already happened once here this week so it wouldn't surprise me if it happened again yeah and you know the vikings are a very deep team at certain positions so you never know if another trade could happen yeah um yeah that's definitely a position where you could never have enough depth at that offensive line position that's right all right that's going to do it for this week's edition of the wobcast remember the vikings play a preseason game it's the preseason finale it's in nashville against the titans on thursday night kickoff 7 p.m central time catch the game on fox 9 and on the vikings radio network it's a simulcast with paul allen calling the action along with pete bursich in the booth on the sideline greg coleman and ben lieber so we hope you can catch the action. Another way to catch it, if you can't catch it live, is with Game Pass from the National Football League. For more information on that, go to vikings.com slash Game Pass. A hint, you can try a free seven-day trial. So do that if you haven't already, because a cool part about Game Pass is not only can you watch the game live or watch it back in on-demand format, but you can watch Coach's Tape, the all-22 angles, sideline and end zone, so you can dig deeper into the Vikings and the roster. We encourage you to do that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wobcast. On behalf of producer and co-host Chris Corso, this is Wobby signing off for now. Enjoy the game, everyone. Talk to you next week.